Hey, badasses. I'm Kelly Young. And I'm Stevie Stays Kirsch. And we're your hosts for the Badassery Life podcast, a podcast where we feature the stories of women that make us say, that's badass. We want to lift others up and empower all women to own their badassery life. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review. We'd also love it if you would join us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Badassery Life. And if there's a badass woman you want us to know, email us at badasserylife at gmail.com. Yes, with each episode, we hope to awaken the badass in you by bringing you stories of powerful, beautiful, bold women like this one. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, there's so much to unpack here. Okay, are you ready, Kelly? Yes, girl. All right. In her senior year at Indiana University, Jen Christie was a 10-time All-American swimmer, breaking all kinds of Big Ten swimming records. She broke the 50-meter free Big Ten record, IU school record, IU pool record, and later broke all the records again in the finals of the 50 free. One of three Big Ten championships for Jen in 2001 and one of five in her career. One day, she was named Swimmer of the Big Ten Championships, otherwise known as Swimming MVP. The following week, she was invited to sing the national anthem at an IU men's basketball game, a game that was attended by none other than Hoosier rocker John Mellencamp. Yeah, right. So no pressure there. But not only did he attend the game and hear her sing, he asked her to sing back up for his 2001 tour. And she was suddenly on the road instead of in the pool. Jen was already an accomplished singer and pianist. She'd been playing the piano since the age of four. She went to IU on a swimming scholarship and was admitted into this prestigious IU School of Music, although she switched to general studies to focus on swimming. But the opportunity with Mellencamp was too good to pass up. That was 2001. In 2003, she started her solo career as a singer-songwriter. Today, she's running an entertainment company and recording from her home studio due to the pandemic. And Stevie, let me tell you, when I was like reading more and I know you were reading her, like she's total badass, but then doesn't even act like she's badass. She's like, I'm so not badass. I'm like, you're totally badass. I know. I called her the it girl earlier. Yes. Um, I feel like she's the it girl. She's got, she's the entire package. I know. Gorgeous. She is no kidding. And she, I can tell because we're doing this on zoom that we're embarrassing her. So, (laughs) (laughs) which I love anymore. Um, But Jen, we are huge Mellencamp fans and we really want to talk about that experience, but let's talk a little bit about growing up because you grew up as uh, music in your background, you were playing the piano at the age of four, you're a swimmer. Uh, talk about your childhood and s- some of your f- favorite experiences as, as both of those. Um, yeah, I, I spent most of my days, I wasn't a great student because I didn't really, uh, I didn't get much sleep because I was either practicing piano or I was in the pool or in the, in the weight room. And I pretty much, that's my memory as a childhood. I had about three really good friends and uh, I would spend some time with them. And, uh, but I was usually at swim meets or I was at piano competitions. Um, I'd get up early in the morning. Uh, I think the day I started to drive, my dad was ecstatic because he didn't <laughs> have to get up at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> to take me to swim practice anymore. So um, yeah, my childhood was uh 
it was pretty, it, it was a lot of hard work, but it, it obviously paid off in the long run. I went to school for free. So, <laughs> right. I know my daughter and Jenny's daughter, where our girls are both 18, so seniors in high school. So that college, you're like, what? <laughs> yep. Right. Uh, mine's an 18 year old too. We're all in the same, like, oh, please. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it, I was like, Yay! <laughs> yes. Get yourself some scholarships, grants, get a job. I don't know. Get something. All of it. So I can retire someday. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So Jen, you kind of hearkening back to your childhood again, you were raised in an area with only a couple of mixed kids and you were adopted into a white family. Um, and you shared with us that you were pretty fiercely bullied. Can yeah. you kind of talk about that experience and how it shaped you to who you are today? Yeah. Um, it, it kind of, uh, so in East Tennessee, uh, when I was adopted, I was actually, uh, I was adopted about 17 and a half months old and I was labeled handicapped. And my parents were looking for a kid for about six years. And then like I show up and uh, so they adopted me and knowing that that was a, the label, but knowing and hoping that I would turn out okay without any kind of health issues. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, when my parents adopted me, I have two older brothers that are their birth children. And so a very, very white family, um, no musical background no sports, athletic abilities, uh, very smart and very scholarly, but I was definitely the, uh, <laughs> jokes aside, black sheep of the family. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I got, I got picked on, uh, we moved to a, a city nearby to Oak Ridge, Tennessee when I was in fourth grade and, uh, kids really didn't know how to handle me. I, it's a science town. And, uh, I, I dated the one other mixed kid in high school. <laughs> like, uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah depending on which race it was, uh, they didn't know how to accept me um, because I didn't have the black like background and I didn't have the white, you know, look. So uh, my hair is very big. Um, I, sometimes it's in braids, but that's usually when I'm not going to be do, doing performances or face to face. But uh, my hair is very big and I, I hated it. And kids threw stuff in it and they pulled on it and they sang songs like Rag Mop, which is a song kids sing in elementary school. Like it was, it was kind of rough and I cried a lot and um, didn't like who I saw in the mirror. And now that I'm older and I, I teach, uh, I teach middle school kids and high school kids. Um, I teach a lot. I have a lot of females who like, even yesterday, I had one girl just tell me that she just hates how she looks and she's drop dead gorgeous and it breaks my heart. And I'm like, you know, the pandemic hasn't helped because they're not around each other, but, uh, it's right. definitely, uh, it's definitely shaped me to try to help other people just see that they're beautiful and that, you know, all of us, especially women, we look in the mirror and we're like, oh dear God, what have I done to my face? Or like, what do I need to do to my face? But, uh, at the end of the day, like, hey, we're all, we're all gorgeous in our own right. So, uh, that's, that's right. That's definitely helped my brain. <laughs> yeah. I love that because when we talked to you and we asked you what really matters most to you and you talked about just being kind and, and having a big heart and, and greeting everybody with a friendly face and an open heart. You also said that you greet every student with, how are you doing today? Beautiful. Yeah. And I tried it. I love do that. that. Well, I want them to know, you know, that they, they need to know the first time that I'm get to see their faces. I'm thrilled to see their gorgeous, beautiful faces that I get to, you know, experience an hour or a half hour with them. And, and they need to know that. I'm yeah. sure it makes a huge difference too. Now, Jen, I want to go back to something that you just said. And if you explained it, I'm sorry if I missed it, but you, since your handicap label accompanied you, what allegedly was that handicap? Uh, it was actually a part of my I, I just found out who my parents are and were. I, my father apparently passed away a year ago, but um, or two years ago. But um, I can't meet them. But I actually like 
I can see them on Facebook or I could see pictures and, and uh, like, it's just because of my biracial background and the descriptions of me to try to advertise me was, you know, you wouldn't really be able to tell that she's of African descent, except for her features and all these things. So because I was mixed, it's, it was labeled handicapped in 1979, which is very, very disturbing. And disgusting. (laughs) Very disgusting. That's another great word for it. Yeah, it is. Well, you certainly showed all those haters <laughs> like in so many ways, right? Um, because not only did you go to uh, IU on a swim scholarship, you ended up moving from Tennessee to go to Bloomington, Indiana, and you really were recruited to build that program. And it's a it's a badass swim program. It's as a very well. badass program. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned that it was really in college that you embraced who you are uh, to a point. Talk a little bit about that because that's when you said you realized who you are and that you are pretty great. How did you come to that realization and, and you know, embrace that? Because, as you know, we talked earlier, like women, we just, we don't naturally do that. Yeah. And it was definitely like phase two of my life. I, you know, the grade school was rough, but phase two was going to college and, and meeting new people. Um, I didn't really, since I didn't really have a social life as a kid, um, going out and, and making new friends and, and going to parties, <laughs> um, especially swimming and diving parties. Those are like divers were, I was good friends with divers and my, I actually married a diver. Um, oh, but I, it's so great. <laughs> Wait, um, you guys are partiers? My daughter's a swimmer and I swore they weren't big partiers. Oh, oh no, 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 right, no, right, no. right, right, right. We read, we read, it was like more of like a book reading. Like yes, we yes. Okay. Book. That that sounds about right. Uh-huh. Yeah, we were sure. seltzer water, things like that. Really not, <laughs> nothing, nothing too fancy. I actually right. behaved, I behaved pretty well during college. I was, I did not experience the craziness, but I did make a lot of good friends. And, um, it, and I think the success I had in college, I had some, my junior year was pretty rough. I had some, uh, issues with depression and things like that. Cause it was Olympic trials and it was my second year time going. And, um, I was ranked pretty high and I should have, I should have had a shot, but I, I made some mistakes that, well, I had, a got dumped <laughs> the night before. <laughs> my, 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 oh. Wait, so, did you say the night before? Yeah, on the what phone, an ass. Yeah, like that, you know, it happens, I guess. But it makes you stronger. And I mean, if if I had gone to the Olympics, who knows what would have been different in my life. So I, you know, I I don't have any regrets. Uh it's all a life lesson. Um, but it, I definitely found myself, I went through some relationships in college that, you know, helped me kind of find myself and and just be a little bit more outspoken. And the more, you know, uh, the more I age and having a kid and my husband being so supportive in his family and my family um, and my friends, uh, I now phase three was after I, you know, went on the road with Mellencamp and really discovered like, oh, like, I, I have, I can make decisions and I can, I'm, I'm intelligent and I, I'm creative and I don't have to be, you know, doing these certain things my whole life. So, um, yeah, I, I'm in phase three. I may be in phase four now. I don't even know. I Pandemic love it. may sit me into phase four. <laughs> well, whichever phase you're in, we think you're in the badass phase, by the way. That's right. You have been for right. a long time. I like this phase. Saying. This is a good phase. Outside of the pandemic, I like this phase. <laughs> yes. So, Jen, okay, we're going to kind of set the scene here. So there you are, you're absolutely crushing records and you're focusing on a future in competitive swimming. And then John Mellencamp hears you sing the national anthem and all of a sudden your world gets turned upside down. You (laughs) leave school, you head out on the road. Talk about 
like how did that was it really a decision or were you like i'm sorry absolutely yes i'm in tell us about that experience um, since I was a general studies, I tried PE for a little bit in college and realized that I don't like groups of children that, that they care for me. Um, I married a teacher too. So, uh, now I'm definitely sure I made the right decision. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I, he had me come out to his place, like right after a couple days after I sang the national anthem, he called me down to meet me. Uh, we had met two years earlier. Um, and he asked what year I was and I told him, and I didn't really hear anything else after I'd sing the national anthem. And then this was the second time. And he was like, so how old are you now? And I was at 21. He was like, okay, why don't you come out to the studio? We'll talk. So I went out there. Um, we spoke for an hour or two or something like that. And he just asked me questions. Like, what do I play? And I told him all the instruments I played. And um, I had never been to a concert. I had never, I think I'd stepped studio in a, in a like homemade studio once before that, um, just to like sing backup for a friend or something like that. I uh, really had no goal, like plans of doing music. Um, I had put piano aside and my classical chops had failed at that point or gotten, you know, weak. Um, and then he asked me to be on the Cutting Heads album. Um, he started it from scratch because he had been working on it, started it over. I played violin. Well, violin's the last one of those. I played piano, organ, percussion, flute, violin, and I sang backup on the album. So that was, uh, I was the first one there every day. It was the last one to leave because I wanted to absorb every part of it. Uh, and oh my uh, God, I'm like, totally got to pull out that album. I mean, I and, and be like, we just talked to her, but yeah, cause we're huge Mellencamp fans. And now I'm thinking like, okay, do I recognize that voice? I know. <laughs> but, but, but Jen, I want to ask too, because we, before we even scheduled this and you and I were having kind of pre-conversations, didn't you say like, you only knew like one of his songs or something? Yeah. See, and I know he listens to this podcast, so we won't like totally <laughs> dish the dirt. Um, so just so you know, uh, I wasn't trying to call you out, but you only knew one song and then like learned them and, and loved them. Right. Yeah. I mean, he gave me 15 albums or, or like all his albums at that point when I met him and he was like, go and start learning these. And I was like, okay. Called me a couple of days later and was like, do you want to, you know, do the album? Do you want to, I was like, yeah, uh, yeah. It sounds, I guess like I could finish my degree. I, I had 18 credits left in general studies and I didn't study very well anyway. So I was like, um, I guess I'll, I'll go on the road and, and record with this guy that like, I started recognizing some of the songs, but, um, wild nights was the only one I knew from, and it was on like a cassette that I taped off of, you know, back in the day when you would tape it when off the radio, Yeah, um, it was on that with a couple of other songs, but, and it's not even his song. So, uh, when I told him, like, I like, he was like, what music do you like? And I was like, Celine Dion. He was like, never repeat that. And I was like, what? Oh my God. <laughs> So now I love she you. She listens right? also. She listens also to the show, <laughs> right? Celine, right? so, well, I love you, and I still listen. So, <laughs> my God. Um, no, I it, it was uh it was I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot about just and going from zero to a thousand is pretty much what I what happened. I got thrown I was gonna say you hadn't even gone to a concert. Now I will tell you, Jen, one of my lifelong goals is to at some point in my life be a roadie for a tour just for one season, just for one. So if you ever need a set of hands <laughs> just for a season out on the road, I'm in. Let's right. do it. That'd yeah. be so much fun. <laughs> so I said we won't dish on Melon Camp at all, but can you talk a little bit about that experience? And like, you know, was he, is he like the badass rocker that we all think he is? And, you know, <laughs> like just, I can't even fathom, like I'm thinking what, what was on the road like with Mellencamp and just in general? 
Well, in, in the studio, he's a perfectionist. So he surrounds himself with incredible musicians like Andy and, and Mike, like uh, Mosey, all these people that were performing with him um, and recording on the album uh, are, are just phenomenal musicians. So he he's very intelligent. And it's one thing I definitely learned. You surround yourself with incredible musicians because they just make you look better. Um, but he he knew what he wanted. And if he'd done it, he would be like, go in there and just do something. And he, he did accept a lot of... Um, self like you know something that we we could bring to the table which i didn't think i could bring anything to the table and i just got some lucky hits during that um but then on the road honestly like when you're 21 and you're going on the road with somebody who's been in the business for 25 30 years uh it's not it's not the same idea that you would think like uh sometimes i was on the jet sometimes i was on the bus um but it was like get on the bus go to sleep wake up in the next town and very fun like hanging out with everybody um going on the jet, you'd wake up early, get on the jet, show up in the next place, check in the hotel, and then you go to sound check. Um, I think because they had lived all of that in all the crazy phase of being on the road that I was like, all right, we're going to go and hang out. And now everybody's going to bed. Like <laughs> right. Courtney Kaiser, who uh, she was peewee on the, her, her nickname was peewee on the tour. Um, she and I would go vintage shopping, which was always great for her because she's, you know, this petite little thing and I'm five, nine. And I'll be like, well, I, I'll watch you wear these older, you know, ab- clothes, clothes but clothes. right. And we're like, well, I'll get coffee with you, you know, <laughs> but um, I, I definitely made some lifelong friendships. Mosey and I still keep in touch and uh, he's coming to some rehearsals and just he was in my first band because <laughs> I needed a band so quickly. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's uh, I stay in Clark uh, with Dane Clark. I stay in touch with and uh, just random people kind of throughout it. And a lot of people that have worked with him or who still work with him. Um, they they come to shows and they're like, we're so proud of you. You were just a baby and now you've grown up. I'm like, thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's, that's very fantastic. Cool. Well, let's, you mentioned your band. So let's talk about that. Because after the tour with Melon Camp, you ended up forming your own band and producing several albums. And now you even have an entertainment business. You're quite the mogul. Talk about what that is and what the future holds for you. Well, uh, yeah, I started a band thinking that 10 people was how every band works because I'd never done it before. And I, I now I have musicians that I just kind of hire. I do have some regular people I work with, like uh, my drummer I work with, uh, Corey Glaze, regularly, and Ron Kadish plays bass. And my business partner, Eric Brown, plays guitar in my in my shows, too. So um, but I have, I, I kind of switch out some things depending on on what the venue wants or, you know, stylistically what they're looking for. My company does a lot different music because I do original music. Um, that's how I've, I've stuck to my guns for the last, whatever, 16, 18, I don't even know anymore, um, <laughs> years. <laughs> but uh, uh, my company does a lot, a, a whole different world than what I was used to. And my business partner asked me about five, six years ago if I wanted to start a company. And I was like, sure. We barely really knew each other. We had just performed a couple of shows together um, out at his other older company on Arizona. And we just kind of clicked and... Now we have half a year worth of shows. Like we just found out like we're headlining Straws and Fest and Jasper like all three nights. So that's fun. Um, and then we have we locked down at the Playhouse for seven weeks every fall um, in Brown County. So I mean, we have oh, nice. and a whole bunch of like random things that pop up during the year. Um, we've traveled to the West, you know, out in Arizona and done tours. We've gotten we spend some time in Vegas just for fun. Um, yeah, it's 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 very exciting. Um, and. Uh, very it's it's I don't know it's rewarding Uh, we're trying to keep live music live and I think that's one of the hardest things right now right yeah Yeah. I love that so tell us real quick the name of your band and also your entertainment company 
Um, my band's just under my name, Jen Christie, uh, and like Jen Christie Band on Facebook, just to try to keep it simple. I didn't, I never really named it because I didn't want to forget it. Um, and then <laughs> One Pulse Entertainment is my my entertainment company. Um, okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so, how would you describe your music? And are there any singers that you would compare yourself to? I wish I was pink and I wish I was Brandy Carlisle. I wish I was them with Tina Turner. Like I, I <laughs> that's what I want to be. Uh, I have a hard time actually like uh, classifying my music just because it's piano based and, but it's still kind of rocker pop. Um, some people have said soul, which I think that's just sometimes how I sing songs. Um, and I, I, I can't really compare myself to people cause I put them on such high pedestals. <laughs> that I'm like I want to be them and I want to have that same effect that they have um but I'm at the end of the day I'm just me <laughs> what you see is what you get well truthfully Jen there are people out there young singers who are looking at you saying that's my like I want to be like Jen Christie <laughs> so you are the goal setter for others too so can you talk about any mentors or singers influencers or even aha moments that have really inspired you um as far as uh singers it's not just singers it's pianists too uh i remember the first time i heard bruce hornsby i remember the first time i listened to the um pianist from bruce springsteen like uh there's certain musicians out there that blow my mind and that i i try to that i can connect to on that level or i try to achieve to be like um as far as singers songwriters billy joel my gosh there's no I, there's nobody else who's more of a triple threat than that man um he can write songs it's, they're just brilliant. Um, I mentioned Pink because uh, her entertainment factor and her passion for it and her, I don't, I, she just seems like a kind person. I never met Pink. Um, she's listening. She's a listener. She's listening. I'm okay. sure. I'm sure Hi. of it. <laughs> <laughs> just drop me a line. It's fine. We can hang out. Um, I'll make time. Uh, <laughs> Tina Turner, I just watched her documentary and uh, because I do some Tina Turner in our one of our productions for One Pulse, um, I just bought her book. I cannot wait to sit down and read it. Uh, but she's somebody I was I, I used to joke that since I didn't know who my parents were, I was like, I know it's Tina Turner, like <laughs> every bone in my body. And then I watched the documentary and I was like, I don't care what the records say. <laughs> like, I, looked at my husband, I was like, she pronounces words like me. She's so happy when she performs. I was like, I know she's my real mom. Yes. <laughs> mom. <laughs> yeah. That's too funny. Well, uh, Jen, you know, with all that you've accomplished really in the, in the pool, on the piano, on the road, in the studio, what would you say you're most proud of? Uh, in life, my kid. <laughs> she's 18, right? She's 18 and she's so talented. She's an incredible artist. She was just in a, uh, the book just went to a New York Times bestseller because uh, Michael Carita, who's also, his pen name, Scott Carson, uh, she did artwork for his one of his last most recent books um and it just became a bestseller and he has a movie coming out next month uh with angelina jolie so it's just watching her create her own path of as we'd say badassery um she's just a intelligent kind awesome human being um now uh as far as my music i am most proud that i have stuck to uh what i want to do i i think it's really important that uh as an artist, you're, you're told and you're pulled in a lot of different directions as in anything, I think, uh, especially as a female. Um, but I think uh, sticking to my own guns and just kind of like, I don't know, uh, going with my heart. I do that more now than I, I used to. And I, I really am happy with it. If other people don't like it, 
you know, uh, why, why would I do something I don't want to do? So I do what I like to do and what I like to hear or how I feel. And, um, that's what I'm most proud of is that I can, I can do that with confidence, um, at this point in my life. So, so Jen, does your daughter know that Tina Turner is her grandma? (laughs) (laughs) I keep telling her, I don't know if she's really listening to me when I tell her, but it's usually like, you know, six o'clock in the morning, driving her to school. Like I'm telling you. Call grandma over in Switzerland right now. <laughs> if we can go visit her. She'll understand if we just show up. Just That's show up. I love it. I love it. So we've kind of talked in about what you're proud of. What, what makes you happy? What brings you just happiness and joy? Uh, live music. <laughs> uh, I, there's no better feeling than it. Um, I, when I, some, especially right now, just not doing it for a long time. I've, I've gone in dips. Like I'm re reno- we're renovating our house right now. Thank goodness. Cause I have nothing else to do. <laughs> and at least there's something <laughs> where I see progress. Um, but live music is what I, I definitely am designed to do and what I live for. And, and people always come up to me after shows or send me messages and they're like, you're just so like the joy that comes off of you on stage is, is contagious. And I'm like, good. That's what it's about. Like we're supposed to share that moment together. So, um, that makes me the happiest. Uh, I like to golf. It's I get to go finally golfing tomorrow, and I am beyond the moon since I haven't gone this year. Yet. <laughs> I never thought I'd be a golfer, but you know, there it is. Um, Have you been doing that for a while, or is this a new hobby that you picked up during the pandemic? Or uh, it's been like four years, and I, it came semi naturally. I'd still like do the just bizarre awful shots, but I have a friend who's a golf pro, and like it's um, he's also a musician. She's amazing, uh, but she. Uh, she and I will go out and then I'll go with my business partner. It's it that's a fun, like random thing that people don't really realize about me until they see my Facebook where I'm like, I'm on a course. <laughs> I just think that's so amazing. Cause yeah, you did share that with us too. And here I'm like picturing you as this, you know, badass rocker music, you know, soft ballads with your piano and you know, family mom and you just everything. And then I'm also on the golf course. <laughs> and I love and golf. And nothing against golfers. I myself don't golf. I don't think I have the patience for it, but uh, I just love that because, you know, we're reading your whole profile and then it's like, <laughs> and I love to play golf. <laughs> yeah. Let's just add golfer in there. I, too. Well, what I say, I say play, with, play with very general, like very, just very loose quotations around it. I go out and I hit a ball and I go and try to find it. It's a very brain. It's something for my brain to get away from screens and, and thoughts. And I listen to music and sometimes I write out there. It's just outdoors, which I love. So um, I love it. I'm a golfer too. We're going to have to set a date and let's do it. Place balls around the golf course. That's exactly yeah. how I play. So I'll drive you guys. I'll drive the golf. Okay. Perfect. perfect. We can uh, fill up a cooler. It's a good time. That's yes. thing. It's not just about the golf. It's the social aspect. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and Jenny, our producer makes some really great jello shots. So maybe she'll, you know, <laughs> I think we got, we got, we got it. We can take a team of four out there. Two of us play. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> we got the thumbs up. I love it. I love it. Well, we probably just have a little bit um, time left. We have like two questions that we want to ask. So um, Stevie, I'll ask this one and then I'll let you wrap up with the last question. But how, how would you describe, or I guess not really how would you describe it? What, what, what's led to all of your success? Um, I think it's because how I define success. Uh, I think a lot of people define it on how big your house is or what car you drive or how much money you make. Uh, so I find myself being successful because I wake up in the morning and I am happy with my, my decisions. Usually, <laughs> um, I, I get to teach individual students who trust me, um, whose parents trust me. 
I get to get on a stage and I do music for a living like that. That is a priceless. Like I know a lot of musicians who have to work and bartend or they have to have an office job nine to five. I don't have to do that because um, I've made the decision to be a musician full time and I've been able to and I married a school teacher. So I mean, what support do I really, you know, have? I don't have to support myself. He's fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I mean, I picked I'm, I I don't think success is based off of what you have. It's how you feel inside. And that's I, I feel very successful because of that. That's awesome. We love to celebrate the incredible gifts of women, gifts of inspiration, strength, courage, empowerment, and so much more. What gift do you believe you have and how do you want to share it with the world? Um, that's a hard question for me because I I don't feel like I should, I have, I personally don't feel like I have a ton to offer. <laughs> I just try to um, hopefully leave a path of, of um, happiness and, and confidence and, and just, just feeling good. Like I, I hope I make people feel better um, about everything, like as much as I can, because sometimes the world can be pretty dark. And uh, I think if we try to cancel that out as much as we can, um, I try to be positive and I try to throw that on people. I try to help other musicians who, so they don't make the same mistakes I have. Um, I help try to help younger people so they don't make the same mistakes I have. <laughs> um, I think I, I hope that's a gift. I hope it's not me guiding a whole army of people behind me in the wrong direction, but um, I, I, I like to keep people happy in my wake, hopefully, whatever yeah, that's awesome. Is. Yeah. Well, and you even shared with us too, that uh, you really want those that you, uh, who are in your life or people that you cross paths with to feel good after being around you. And I have no doubt, no doubt, even after this conversation that that happens regularly. I hope so. <laughs> it's a small thing I have to offer the universe. <laughs> no, it's a Even huge her thing. I just love her laugh too. I know. I know. It's I contagious. It is. Jen, thank you so much for being here with us today and for sharing a part of your story. You're incredibly beautiful. Your story is amazing. Your music is beautiful and fierce. And we love that you're working to keep live music alive. Your story is definitely one that made us stop and say she's badass. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. And thanks to all of you badasses out there listening. We'd love to hear what you think. Write a review or shoot us a message at badasserylife at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at badasserylife. Today's podcast theme music is original music from our guest, Jen Christie. We hope you enjoy. Until next time, keep being your badass self. <laughs>